Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, you guys, welcome to episode number 70 of Grow Bud Yourself. We've got an exciting one for you guys today. Uh, our special guest this week is Jim Belushi, the actor and weed farmer. The cultivation segment features my tips on where to grow, uh, choosing the space in which you grow, as well as my answers to listener grow questions. So thanks to our sponsors, Organic Rev Growth Stimulant, Rocket Seeds, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. Episode number 70, coming at you. Hey, so if you're looking to grow healthier, faster growing plants and increase your yields, Organic Rev is the answer. Rev is safe to use from seed through harvest and its active ingredients are 100% naturally occurring. Rev is a growth stimulant, not a nutrient. Simply adding Rev to your current regimen can deliver dramatic results. And because it's not a nutrient, Rev can't burn your plants. Growers turn to Rev to increase fertilizer efficiency, improve their nutrient uptake and the root zone development, stimulate seed germination, reduce transplant shock, and more. On a personal note, I've been using Rev and it works great. My plants absolutely love it and they respond immediately by greening up and looking healthy and strong. And now, our listeners can receive 10% off their first order of Organic Rev with the promo code GBY10. That's good for 10% off your entire purchase at Organic Rev. So head to OrganicRev.com GBY10 and find out what Rev can do for your plants. All right, welcome back, and this is number 70. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong, and uh, here we are, Mike, 70, 70 shows. Who'd have thunk it? 70 Seven. weekly shows. I mean, mm. yeesh. Yeesh, indeed. You got anything for 70? Uh, not really. No. Not really. No, I mean, let's, let's skip it, then. Just get into the show. <laughs> yeah, is there any news we need to discuss? There's a little bit of news. You know, we got a great show. I don't want to hold it up too much with news, but... We should talk about just a couple things. And the first one, uh, um, it's crazy. So after swerving to avoid a car, a garbage truck crashed into a building, knocked down a wall, and revealed a hidden marijuana grow op inside. Uh, the incident took place in Sterling Heights, Michigan earlier this week. When investigators arrived on the scene, they discovered the secret pot farm, which is a very shitty way of having your secret pot farm discovered uh, by investigators at an accident scene. So um, our listeners probably know that while pot is legal in Michigan, you're not allowed to grow in a commercial building without a license, which this apparently uh, was an example of. But so far, no arrests have been made. However, police are continuing to investigate. Also, no one was hurt in the crash. But yeah, man, what do you think? A garbage truck knocks down the wall to your secret grow op. Oh, oh my gosh, what a nightmare. I mean, these are the things you fear when you grow. It's like, you know... It snows, and your roof is the only one that doesn't have any snow on it. You know, it's like uh, telltale signs, or you know, just a fireman come to inspect your building. It's it's just one of those things that keeps you awake at night as a grower. And then, I mean, having a truck <laughs> ram into your grow, it's what just devastating, and it's such a nightmare. And it's those things you just uh, you imagine in your head happening, and then boom, you know, they happen. Someone. Someone accidentally coming, you know, uh, seeing your grow and then exposing it. I mean, I always think of when there's like hurricanes or tornadoes and houses get like kind of ripped up or whatever. Like, you know, you're seeing inside those people's homes and into their, you know, private, their closets and their bedrooms and stuff. And, you know, I, I just pray that, you know, a grow room doesn't, <laughs> doesn't just suddenly start glowing out of one of these places and, you know, I think, you know, you, when you grow, you, you you're resign yourself to a certain amount of paranoia and fear, depending on how legal it is and, and what type of time you're facing. Uh, but I think, you know, even legal growers at this point have a certain amount of that kind of just, I guess, in them, you know, where they just, you know, they, they especially if a truck takes down the wall, because that's going to do some damage to your plants potentially and certainly 
cause a lot of extra work for you and, and everyone else involved. So yeah, it's a nightmare and I, uh, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And I, uh, I hope it works out in, in their favor in the end somehow, but, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to, to everyone involved. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, it's definitely Murphy's law for uh, for growers. You know, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. I, I just I just hope that that poor fella from New Jersey wasn't around when the garbage truck hit that grow up because you know what happens. Your eyes go first. <laughs> <laughs> I went down on the ground and finally I could get up. Uh, wow. Oh, so that's what's happening in Michigan. But uh, let's let's check in with our friends at the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Um, they released their annual Monitoring the Future report, and, uh, and that found a significant increase, quote-unquote, in cannabis use among college students over the past five years. And in 2020, during the coronavirus pandemic, 44% of college kids report using pot. And that's up uh, 30% from its lowest point in 2006. And again, it's been on a five-year uh, increase. The study also found all-time highs in yearly, monthly, and daily reported cannabis use in 2020 for all people between the ages of 19 and 30. Meanwhile, alcohol use and binge drinking actually dropped in 2020 during the pandemic, so go figure. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely what we've been saying all along, is that uh, cannabis is a safer alternative to alcohol, and uh, and now you can see it playing, playing itself out. I think it's uh, very important that uh, people understand that just because alcohol, you know, is legal and cannabis is is newly legal, but but in some cases illegal, does not mean one is safer than the other. I mean, cannabis is clearly safer in in, in all different ways, uh, whether that be what the alcohol does to your body uh, as a poison that you basically dilute <laughs> in order to be able to consume. Uh, so you're basically slowly poisoning yourself, and uh, the damage that it does societally, you know, with uh, drunk driving and domestic violence and fights at bars and arguments and shootouts and all of the incredible amount of of, uh, of societal violence and ills that uh, that occurs. So, you know, and and you could say similar things about uh, nicotine and and even so much as you know sugar and and, and uh, cannabis safer than all those things. So. Uh, I think an increase in cannabis use is a good thing among uh, any demographic, really, except ch you know young children that aren't using it medicinally. And a decrease in alcohol and binge drinking in particular is a great thing. I mean, I just think uh, part of what's great about legalization, not just for people who currently use cannabis, people who are locked up for it, people who have uh, records and that sort of thing, is also new new users that are going to come into our world, uh, whether it be you know young kids, uh, you know I'm, I'm saying college aged uh, kids, to me they're young kids, but <laughs> they're not young kids. I, I'm talking about adults, uh, but young adults uh, who choose to use cannabis uh, at a at an early age like that and not don't do the damage to their bodies that um, you know binge drinking can do, and. Uh, and, you know, older people as well that are, you know, may have been users in their youth and that are now coming around for uh, for medical reasons. So uh, I don't view, uh, you know, cannabis use rates going up as a bad thing. I mean, I think especially when you look at uh, those other rates going down, I think that's a win win for society and for the individual person as well. Absolutely agreed. I don't know if the uh, National Institute on Drug Abuse would uh, back that exactly, but, you know, they've got their own agenda. We've got ours, and uh, we're, we're right. They're not. <laughs> anyway, that's a, a bit of what's going on in the world of cannabis, but we have an excellent show with a really stellar interview coming up. Yes, indeed. Uh, Jim Belushi. A lot of... Uh... A lot of people, you know, celebs will put their name on a brand or they'll license their name to a cannabis brand. Jim put his money where his mouth is and is growing the cannabis on his farm. Uh, and, you know, he's he's a, a great actor, uh, obviously the brother of John Belushi as well, who, who passed away, uh, sadly, of an overdose years ago. And, uh, and he's got a lot to say about uh, cannabis, about the healing effects of it, about growing it. Uh, about his show, uh, Growing Belushi, and a lot more. So uh, I, I was really excited uh, to talk with him 
uh, about all of those things and more. And uh, yeah, Jim Belushi, man, he, he's, a, he's a great guest and we're really excited for you to hear him. So I think uh, without any further ado, uh, why don't we take a break and come back after these messages with our interview with James Jim Belushi. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. All right, welcome back. And uh, we have a special treat for you guys this week. A, an amazing special guest, uh, Mr. Jim Belushi. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Belushi. Uh, thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, you are an actor on television and in film for many years and uh, have appeared in some of my favorites, including Thief, uh, which was an amazing film. Uh, what a great movie. That was my first movie. Yeah, no, and that was, that that was an incredible man's first feature also. Yeah, Michael Mann, uh, James Caan, I believe, right? Oh yeah, they they MGM really made a mistake with that movie. They they thought it was a blue collar movie. They didn't see that it was an auteur French film. I mean, it was one of the great art pieces. Oh, Michael Mann is such a filmmaker. It was a beautiful piece. Yeah, I'm so, yeah. Proud. I'm so proud of that piece. I died really good in it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a classic death and and some great lines and a great monologue in about last night, uh, and just a great great uh, performance there as well. Right. Uh, you know, I'm also a big fan of Salvador. A uh, great great movie uh, from the '80s. Uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah, yeah I'm and, very you know, fortunate in my career, man. I worked with Michael Mann, Oliver Stone. I've worked with Roman Polanski, Walter Hill, David Lynch. I mean, I've I've been very very fortunate yeah. but uh you know salvador was that was a heartbreaker yeah and you know and curly sue i think is highly underrated as a film i really uh my wife and i really enjoy that movie uh and uh it was i believe the last film of uh of john hughes it wasn't the last film of his but it was the last one he directed I think right. that was that was too much for me, and he gave up the directing career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now you have also you famously said uh, in in numerous interviews recently, uh, you know that your brother John might still be alive if he had stuck to cannabis and uh, and not you know used harder drugs. And uh, I think a lot of people look at cannabis as a gateway drug, and you've you've said uh, quite the opposite. And I think. It's important. Can you can you maybe elaborate just a little bit on the on that? Well, it was actually Danny Aykroyd who gave me that statement. You know, because Danny is you know he's he's a cannabis user for many many years. Um, he used it as a creative tool and a medicine for different things that goes on in his body, but. Uh, that's where that Captain Jack strain came from. Actually, you know. Captain Jack was the weed dealer for Saturday Night Live, and I have that strain, that Afghani original land race strain on the farm that they use. Captain Jack was known as the smell of SNL <laughs> because they were smoking that while they were writing. You know? But uh, to get back to your point, Danny uh, is the one that said, you know, Jimmy, uh, Johnny was a pothead. He'd be alive today. And that just resonated with me, you know. And the medicine involved with cannabis is so important to our community, whether they know they're receiving medicine or not. People who probably, you know, party with it, uh, 
just to get high. I think there's medicine that's helping them in that moment. Uh, I think it's better than getting too drunk and driving and killing people. <laughs> uh, but I think my brother had CTE. He was such a terrific middle linebacker in high school. And, you know, he was all state and all conference. And you know, I, I think he was, there was a medication going on with that brain. Also, it was cultural. Mm-hmm. You know, Coke was a big deal. Old Pablo came in and made it uh, fashionable. And John was somewhat of an excess, you know. But uh, I, I think if he was a pothead, for sure he'd be alive today. Yeah. Yeah. And you've said also that, you know, cannabis is a gateway to healing. And I think uh, definitely important that people understand that. Now, uh, in 2015, you purchased a farm on the Rogue River. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing there in southern Oregon and uh, about Belushi's farm. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, my friend had a, a 2,500 acres on the Rogue River in uh, southern Oregon, and, and a family used to go up there in spring and the fall because our kids were the same age, and we'd have these wonderful weekends. It was so beautiful in southern Oregon. I'd never been there. And I went naked into the river one time, and I came out and looked at the farm manager. I go, do you know any properties around here? And he showed me this Elks picnic grounds, you know, the old Elks club. Mm-hmm. It was a picnic ground, basically where they went and drank within an inch of their lives. Uh, and a stage. And it was like, you know, 13 acres and had a stage, swing sets, and a vast amount of vacant land. And I saw that stage and I went, this is it. It was dilapidated and, you know, they ran it to the ground. So there was a long story on how I got the property, but I got it and I refurbished it and I built the house, made friends with my neighbor behind me. She had an 80 acre farm, but Becca, she was wonderful. She passed. And while she was passing, she wanted me to buy the property. So I bought the 80 acres behind me and now I have like, you know, 93 acres on the river. But it was a farm. And I was like, what am I going to do with it? Hey, alfalfa. And cannabis became illegal in Oregon that year. So I thought, new agriculture. Told Danny about it. And he said, ah, Captain Jack. Brought Captain Jack. Brought another grower, uh, Jeffrey Iverson, who's a really unique grower, genetics guy in a bend who had a mentor in San Francisco. And I brought these beautiful strains that Captain Jack, uh, you know, Afghanica and bubble mint and nilla wafer and beautiful sativas on the other side. And we grew our 48 plants. And then I just started investing. We started building hoop houses and I started learning the business. I started learning how to grow. I started learning how to cure, trim, uh, sell it. I went to dispensary after dispensary personally and the signings and by the way, that's where I learned everything was going to the dispensaries and dealing with the consumer. And my heart, it became an agricultural product for a farm, a business. And then when I went to one dispensary, I met this veteran who was a medic in Iraq. And he said, I saw things that happen in the human body that nobody should ever see ever. And he goes, I have what they call triple PTSD. He goes, I don't know why they mean what they mean by that, but they gave me a bottle of 600 Oxycontin. And I, I just couldn't do it. So I'm using cannabis. And your strain, your black diamond OG, is the only strain that allows me to talk to my family, my children, and sleep. And he kind of teared up and he hunked me. And I said, Hey, man, I didn't make this. He goes, no, but you're the steward. And that was a paradigm shift for me that went from farming to medicine. So every dispensary I went to, I would run into veterans that were were smoking certain strains of mine to get rid of their spasms from their paralyzed legs. Uh, Women, one woman had like 103 bones broken in her body in a car accident and they had her on pills 
and she went the cannabis and I just, the, the cancer stories. The, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I can go on and on, man. I mean, it just doesn't stop the medicine and mm-hmm. how, how cannabis is infiltrating this community, the community and healing. So I'm on, I'm on the mission from God, blues brothers, mission from God. And I believe that, you know, opiate overdoses have dropped 25% in counties that have dispensaries. I mean, it's going to be a slow wave of healing, healing. The states come on and come on. Absolutely. Now, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that, you know, celebrities endorse or maybe license their name, but it sounds like you're really heavily involved in, uh, you know, digging some holes and actually doing some work and, and, and learning all about, uh, what it takes. You know? Oh, no, 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 no. We keep our soil at 64 degrees temperature in order for the micronutrients to go into the roots. The access is easier. You know, we're, we're pruning at 21, pruning at 40 days. Uh, you know, we're flushing the water, you know, two weeks <laughs> before, you know, making sure that the white ash, that it's the ash is white, you know, curing, you know, for seven to 10 days, making sure the moisture drops down between, you know, uh, nine and, and 13 percent, you know, when, when the stem cracks, that's when we pull it off the cure. We're, I'm burping it, I'm, we're trimming it. I, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm in it, man. I'm, I am in this agriculture. I mean, I study this like I study a character in acting, you know, you mm-hmm. got deep research to profile your character, you got to create his history in order for you to play them. And it's a study and I'm doing the same thing here. I'm studying these girls, these ladies, these feminine plants that the feminine energy is healing, loving, embracing, forgiving, you know, not like us men, you know, we're, we're warriors. We're, I'm throwing axes at trees, you know, uh, And this feminine energy of being alongside these plants and growing them have changed me as a man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've become a gentler. I mean, maybe I don't throw the axes hard. (laughs) (laughs) But but I've just become a different person. And I've just enjoyed this journey that this beautiful plant and this farm has taken me on. So the man, the, the manufacturing of these products for you know then there's a business you got to get dispensaries either the fluctuation it's a commodity fluctuation of prices now they've gone down in Oregon because Oregon now because of the news media they people either think Oregon is on fire or they're going to go into a battle zone in Portland so tourism went down so the sale of cannabis went down so the price of cannabis is gone you know it's just a daily struggle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we got to see some of that, the, the struggle and your transformation in uh, season one of Growing Belushi, uh, along with, you know, some funny moments and, and just a look inside uh, at what's going on on the farm and the characters of all the people you've got there. Um, well, Growing Belushi, uh, which is on Discovery and Discovery Plus, on demand and Discovery, you can go to the Discovery app and get it for free. It's three episodes. It does chronicalize. Uh, the journey my cousin and I kind of went through in this farm. I call it edutainment. I mean, there's a lot of education about the plant, medicine, how to grow. And there's also some comedy between me and Chris because it's a kind of a odd couple relationship. You know, it's very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think for some people also the first time they're really seeing what a, a working cannabis farm looks like, what well, it takes. Yeah, well, listen, every show that's been about cannabis is either about stoners, <laughs> stupid people, you know, uh, which is disgusting to me, or it's, you know, Murder Mountain, which is really just a, an imposed dramatic storyline that really doesn't educate us about cannabis. And this is the only show that shows from seed to sale it it's what i call is creating confidence in cannabis because my audience is not just the cannabis user my audience are people from according to jim curly sue 
uh, who are curious. So when you watch this show, nobody's getting stoned on it. You're watching how clean it's growing. You're watching the, the, the nutrients that we put into the soil, the type of soil, uh, the mixture of the, the pumice and the mulch and the fish, the fish heads. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the, we can't use the word organic in this industry, uh, but uh, the natural um, ingredients we use. Uh, we're showing them that we're building a greenhouse from uh, GrowTech which is creates a beautiful protective environment. And we still use the natural sun because that natural sun really pops out those terpenes. So we're showing everything. Yeah. Will we see a season two? No, no, no I finished it. I'm literally, was on the phone before this, uh, talking to the producer, my partner and the editor about restructuring the first uh, episode, making sure that it flows well. You know, we do a whole thing on, uh, you know, full spectrum oil and cancer in it. We do uh, a rebuild. So this, we do a total rebuild, which is great for the audience because they're going to see everything from pouring the cement for the foundation to the soil, to the lights that augments, you know, when cloud cover comes, you like to keep at least 1,100 looms on the plant. And when a cloud comes, it drops to 750. Well, with this new, brain I got, uh, this total uh, grow control brain, and these Foch, Foch, Foch lights, LED. I went to LED, which has 30% more penetration. Um, it'll fluctuate the lights to go up a little bit to augment the sun to bring it back up to 1100. So we keep a consistency. So now we're going to have a consistent product. Well, I can go on and on, man. I do go on and on in, in season two. About, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, now, you guys. good about season two is also my cousin, Chris. You know, he's a restaurant guy. He came in to do kind of business stuff. And he started getting cocky with me. All right. This really happened. And uh, I said, well, there's this marijuana plant out in the middle of the field, right? And I'm like, what the hell is that doing out here? He goes, ah, it's not marijuana. It's not cannabis. I go, yeah, that's a cannabis plant. He goes, no, it's not. It's like a bay leaf. You know, uh, I was like, you're cooked. You think it's bay leaf. That's a cannabis. I said, you know so much about weed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, all right, $20 bet I can grow better weed than you. So now we go to, we go to Grow Generation store and we buy a tent some lights, we get some advanced nutrients, we get some rogue soil and we go into a competition and then we grow it, we prune it and he's cheating all the time he's getting Ben to help him <laughs> we have this competition at the end of who grows the best weed, I won't tell you who wins <laughs> but yeah. it, through that entertainment I'm showing the audience how to grow it we're showing them the nutrients we're using, the soil we're using. We're showing you the tent that we're using, the light, how high we should put the light from the plant, when to prune, what to take off, what to leave, clipping the top so you can get a little wider, you know, more buds. So the show is really edutainment, education, entertainment that builds cannabis confidence. So, yeah, the show sounds fantastic. Uh, do we have a debut date for the second season? Uh, no, I'm hoping uh, the end of October, beginning of November, you know, kind of like uh, you know, harvest time. Also, the convention, I wanted to have it out for the convention in Vegas, but uh, I'm seeing the first edits uh, Friday. So depending on where that is, that's when we decide how much work we need and how long that will take, and then we start to pick the date. Gotcha. Well, it sounds great, and it is, uh, as you mentioned, educating people a great deal. And um, cannabis is increasingly legal across the country in Oregon and also in your uh, native Illinois, but unfortunately, people are still being arrested and serving time for cannabis. Uh, a couple months ago, we had a friend of ours, uh, Mario, from I Budge You on the show, and he discussed... Uh, 
he did some time for a, for a pot crime, and he discussed how the Last Prisoner Project had helped him uh, get out of jail and really helped him along in his journey. And now that's an organization that, that you have some experience with as well, right? Well, Steve D'Angelo, who you know, I adore and admire and is a mentor to me, he, he, uh, they had the first Last Prisoners Project charity dinner. And the venue uh, crapped out on him. And he called me in a panic and he says, I got a big house, a big yard. He said, can we come there? And I went, sure. And like what, three hours, there were tables, a cook and everything, you know. And we had the first benefit here. Everybody put $1,000 in and I was blown away on what they were doing. And I said, geez, how do I get in on that? And they put me on the board. So I've been involved in the last prisoners project now. And it's just miracles that are happening. And it's Steve and Mary Bailey. And they're just beautiful people. And uh, we're actually at the uh, MJ uh, Unpacked Convention in Vegas on October 21st at the House of Blues. Danny Aykroyd and I are going to do a Blues Brothers concert to benefit the Last Prisoners Project. And everybody's going to be there. And we're going to grab some uh, star musicians that are now living in Vegas. We'll get a little, some guest stars, and we're going to have a great jam, and we're going to raise a lot of money. And it's just a beautiful thing to be part of because, you know, the number one fear in life is death, and the number two fear in life is the collapse of family. There's a lot of trauma in our world. Everybody knows somebody that is suffering. And I know that all that suffering can be calmed, maybe even healed through cannabis and endocannabinoid system. But divorce collapses a family. Somebody who dies, like my brother, collapses a family. Uh, severe illness may collapse a family. 80% of the families that have a severe illness in it, like epilepsy, the families break up. Um, incarceration collapses family. These men and women that have been incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis use, not only are they in jail, their families have collapsed. Everybody suffers. For what? Pot? <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, heroin, cocaine, look, that killed my brother. I say, let's put those guys away. That's bad trade. But pot? Schedule one? Are you kidding me? And you see these men, these gentle men that have been thrown in jail for years. It's just, it's so upsetting. And it's like, let's get them out now. Let's write letters to your state, state's attorney, wherever you are. Now, Louisiana's been, it's really helping Louisiana. They're starting to let people out. They're changing their laws. Uh, it was always a war. The war on drugs was always a, a, a race war. It was always about control, you know, from the Mexican Revolution when they, when uh, the Mexicans came across the border and they brought their medicine with them. That's where they termed marijuana, which is actually a derogatory term. It should be cannabis. And then the Jamaican, Caribbean, African-American sailors that came to the ports of New Orleans brought it. The musicians, the beautiful musicians from New Orleans that would smoke it for creativity, thrown in jail, thrown in jail. They just, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible and, what's happened to these families. And we can yeah. help by writing letters, by donating money, and helping not only when we get them out, but help them get back into the world. And by the way, everyone in this cannabis industry should be hiring them when they right. get out of jail, you know? Convicts have a hard time getting work. Let's put them to work in our industry. There, you know, there's a saying that I use a lot, <clears throat> so meaningful to me. When you drink the water, remember the men and women who dug the well. 
I drink a lot of water because my brother John dug the well for me in show business and music. I mean, I'm literally doing the Blues Brothers. I'm drinking the water of this great, you know, African-American songbook that these men wrote. These blues is so freeing with Danny of all people. I drink the water. But the men and women that got arrested, punished, brutalized, you know, emotionally, not physically, these guys were, were stepping on their backs for our industry today. They were the pioneers. They were the risk takers. So we drink the water from this cannabis industry. You have a podcast. I have a business. And they're in jail. It's like, we got to honor these men and women and we got to get them out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, agreed on that. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, GrowGen earlier uh, as having supplied some equipment. Do you have a partnership with them? or? or, or yeah, I do. Them? I have a partnership with Mike and, and GrowGen. GrowGen really facilitated a total grow control, the technology that they've brought me. We're doing it on the show and it's already produced some of the finest weed that I've grown. Nice. Yeah, it's it's so important to have the right equipment and a company that can uh, can also provide service. You know, that's you can call them at any minute. Yeah. And they will they will explain stuff. If you say, you know, look, the great thing is <clears throat> most states you can grow six plants. You know, you could create your own FSO oil from that if you have some severe illness in your family, or if you just want to enjoy and relax just to get along with the wife or the husband, uh, which I have a strain called the marriage counselor just for that. <laughs> I mean, right. But think about that in comparison to, you know, something like alcohol that's that's abused throughout and and creates so much uh domestic tension violence. To domestic violence and tension in marriages and um I, we should mention belushi's farm uh cannabis products are available in four different states actually i think oregon colorado oklahoma and illinois but you also have a uh a pet cbd tincture product uh that's available worldwide i would imagine or at least Oh uh, well, it's a CBD product, and the the hemp oil was it came out of Oregon. I just think Oregon knows how to grow stuff. Uh, and I actually kind of created this uh, for my dog uh, Taro, whose bones ache and squeak, and he still runs, and he just gets knocked out. And it really, you know, you can't give a dog a placebo. They don't know what you're giving them. So you can, it's a really great test. You can really, you can give it to him and you can see the difference in the way he walks and runs and sleeps. And so I bottled it. Yeah. It's just called canine. You can get it out. I, right now it's just on my website. I'm just kind of doing, I'm a kind of boutique guy. I just want to do it kind of small and, you know, but yes, it's, it's a really great, it's a great tincture. I use it. I put, you know, five milligrams under his tongue a couple times a day. He's a big dog, you know, 90 pounds. Or I'll squirt it in his food, or I'll put it on a little biscuit and give it to him. And uh, he's a farm dog, so he's a working dog. And boy, does it make a difference. But thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, we just released it. Yeah, that's great. And people can purchase that on uh, your website, belushisfarm.com. Uh, also learn about the different signature brands. As you mentioned, uh, you've got Captain Jack's, uh, Blue, the Blues Brothers brand, uh, and Belushi's Secret Stash. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Belushi's Secret Stash. That's the high-end stuff that's testing at like 32 with uh, really great terpene values. I really believe in terpenes. That's a real organ thing, by the way, is the terpenes, the smell, the taste. Because the entourage effect with the turbines, I believe brings down any of that anxiousness and that paranoia. The higher THC, if it's not balanced off with some terpenes, you know, it's, it can make you a little edgy in the downfall of it. You know, you, you start worrying about stuff. Um, so yeah, so we got the, and then we just are releasing literally now. Chris just left my house, went back up to the farm, 
He's literally driving to the dispensary, our new brand called Good Ugly Weed, <laughs> which is the surplus. You know, you know that Costco has some of the best wine because they buy the surplus grapes from Napa, but from the French wineries. And they make they get it at a great price because I guarantee these French wineries will buy your surplus. And then you get it for $14 a bottle, and it's like great wine. <laughs> so we have the same thing. We have some, uh, like some of our Black Diamond, you know, there's some of the bee buds and some of the, the buds that aren't as uh, trim as nice, you know, a little a leafier. Uh, we put it in a, basically you get double, you know, you get two eighths, you know, for the price of one. And it's like, it's good. It's great, ugly weed. <laughs> so uh, that's like our value brand because everybody needs a good weed at a good price. Yeah. And then we have the high-end stuff like Captain Jack, the Chasing Magic, Secret Stash. And the Blues Brothers is a working man's brand. It's, it's nicely priced. Sounds like you got something for everybody, which is great. I um, also wanted to ask you a little bit. We, t- we were talking about cannabis and plant medicine uh, but I wanted to see if you could talk up a little bit about hallucinogens and, and maybe what the future holds or what you think uh, about. That's a whole different podcast, man. I can go on for another hour now. Don't <laughs> get me started on that shit. Do you have a condensed version you can you can bless us with? Well, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, Oakland and Oregon and Denver have really lightened up on their laws about uh, – psilocybin, mescaline, mushrooms. And, you know, in Oregon, Denver especially, or Oregon especially, you know, they're they're basically not, you know, decriminalized it for the guys on the street. You know, why throw these guys in jail, you know? But uh, I'm doing more research on it. Uh, I'm involved in a company out of Canada that's really into the psilocybin world. I love that magazine, Double Blind. They really get into it. It's a really great magazine. You should support it if you're in the cannabis industry. It's really smart, well-researched about the medicine. I do believe that it really can help with um, severe depression, PTSD. Uh, It's, you know, microdosing. Mushrooms, you know, little pieces of chocolate can really help people who are suffering. Uh, you know, personally, I've done a little of that. I've also gone into, you know, ayahuasca world, gone to Peru, done ceremonies, I've done like boga, done, you know, St. Pedro. I've done all these kinds of plant medicines. And alongside with the girls on my farm, I think they kind of led me there. Uh, there's a lot of healing going on in my heart, my mind, and my body, and I've suffered greatly in my life. I've also had great success. I'm not complaining, but you know, uh, losing a family member like John to a drug overdose—you know—the repercussions of that can go on for generations. And I want to stop it here so I don't carry that trauma onto my children. And it's hard. But uh, I think plant medicine is the way to go. You know, it's like I've said a hundred times. I was a bouncer in Chicago, and I never broke up a fight between two potheads. <laughs> you know, peaceful, nonviolent, gentle way toward enlightenment. And enlightenment brings us a sense of generosity to each other and kindness. And we all can use a little kindness, especially in the world we live in now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to just thank you, uh, Jim Belushi, for coming on the show and really revealing your love of cannabis and, and cannabis farming in particular, which is pretty rad. You know, that you're, you're oh, just- man. Listen, <laughs> you know, I don't want to make it sound like this is all beautiful, this growing stuff, because <laughs> there's aphids, there's rustic mites, there's there's gophers, there's squirrels, there's deer, you know, there's there's hemp mites. There's I mean, you got to grow, you know, some growth around it to bring bees and, you know, pests, you know, bees that will eat some of these mites. And, you know, it's it's 
it's a it's a battle, but I love the challenge in the battle. <laughs> the relationship with this plant is like I said earlier, just has changed me. Man, that's awesome. I appreciate that. If people want to learn more, uh, go to belushisfarm.com. Uh, follow Belushi's Farm on Instagram, and you can follow Jim at Jim underscore Belushi and see what's going on. Uh, prepare for season two. You can sign up for a newsletter at the site, too, that I think will uh, will also keep you posted on what uh, what Belushi's Farm is up to and, and when that uh, growing Belushi season two comes out. Uh, check out the CBD tincture and all the different uh, signature brands there. Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, thank you. Oh, man, you guys are a joy. I, I'm sorry I talk so much. It just gets so excited. <laughs> no, I love it. We're really glad that uh, you're, not, you're not just putting your name on the product. You're out there and, and, and appreciating the farmers and, and doing the work. And then it's just uh, it's inspirational and, and it's very different from a lot of these other uh, you know, celebrity brands or whatever you want to call them. Cause you're there, you know, digging. Well, I can tell you one thing. It's not a money move. <laughs> I had a great year last year. I broke even. <laughs> That's a home run. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned losing 300 pounds to mold. You mentioned just all the money that goes into it, all the, the sweat, uh, labor and equity and, and just the hard work, you know, people, people out there should need to appreciate, you know, the, their farmers and, and what they're up to. And I think you're in a very special place though, right along the rogue river in Southern Oregon. I think there's something about the terroir. There's something oh, about, yeah, the, 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 the belt right there, right by the way, I'm, my farm is the river is next to me. We take the water from the river to feed our girls and then on the other side of the river is a, a plateau, Table Rock, which is a, a you know Native American spiritual, you know vortex. And then on my other side is Mount McLaughlin, and I have a sweat lodge right between them, and a grow right between them. And you can feel when you walk on that farm, you can feel this kind of uplifting spiritual. There's something going on on that land. And then eagles fly over, and the eagle spirit's a wonderful spirit. And it just feels so good to be there. I'm in L.A. right now, and I can't wait to get back. Right on. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Jim. And, uh, yeah, thank you. We'll be back with more of Grow Bud Yourself. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. All Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. Hey, yeah, thanks to our friends at Sweetleaf uh, for supporting the show. And they have now just announced an exclusive new product drop for Grow Bud Yourself podcast members only. Uh, you can get a free 32-ounce bottle of Sweetleaf Plant Nutrients' newest organic liquid fertilizer product. It's Crazy K005 or K005. Uh, you can get it before anyone else. This is coming out in October. Uh, if you sign up now... As a Big Bud or a Heady Chief level supporter on our Patreon site, you will get a free 32-ounce bottle of the Crazy K005. Uh, and please note that all renewing Big Bud or Heady Chief members in October will also receive that free bottle of that Crazy K uh, Plus. And this is a potassium booster designed for late-stage indoor hydroponic gardening systems. And it's... Uh, you really want potassium towards the end there, so it's a great, uh, 
great nutrient, and we hope you guys will enjoy it and sign up for our Patreon. I feel like I, I need a potassium booster just for yeah, myself. We could all use that, right? You could just chew on a banana, you know, and uh, and your plants really do love that uh, during flowering. So it's a great, great product to add. So essentially, anyone who is a member of our Patreon in October is going to get this free 32-ounce bottle. At those levels, at the Big Bud and Heady Chief level on our Patreon. Uh, so yeah, and it's a 32-ounce bottle, so it's not like a little sampler. This is, uh, you know, it's, it's a substantial amount of uh, a great product. So that's exciting, and we hope you guys will sign up uh, for Patreon if you haven't already. So yeah, man, join us on Patreon. It's really, uh, it's a great place to support the show. Patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Indeed. Uh, we are now in the cultivation segment, and each week you like to discuss a grow topic that's going to help everyone become a better grower. So what are you going to talk about this week? Well, this one is about uh, deciding where to grow. Uh, if you're an indoor grower and you're trying to start your first garden, uh, you really need to decide on the location of that garden before you even really do much of anything else, because that's going to inform you of what kind of lighting you need, what kind of air circulation you need, everything you need. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, if they have a spare bedroom, uh, that's ideal. If you have a basement or attic, uh, those are great. Uh, Closets and storage areas can be converted into gardens. Uh, But my suggestion is consider a tent. Uh, Because they're cheap and one person can set it up and take it down, uh, you could also choose a grow box. the tents can be set up quickly, like I said, and they come down just as fast, which is, uh, you know, good for stealthiness, uh, you know, depending on where you might be living. So secrecy is important. Um, it's important to be able to be have a light tight space as well. So tents are built to be light tight. Uh, in addition to the security factor, uh, if you're willing to spend a little more money, you can get a grow box uh, that really allows you to control uh, pretty much everything inside. Uh, as far as lighting and and pumps and uh, everything that you need to monitor. So you can monitor ventilation, lighting, feeding schedules, um, all the environmental factors. Most of these boxes, like our friends at uh, BC Northern Lights, they look like storage units or large toolboxes, so they wouldn't look uh, strange in your your, uh, garage or, you know, spare area. Uh, Most affordable way to get started, like I said, is purchase a grow tent. Um, They're light tight. One person takes it apart, puts sets it up. Uh, you need a, a tent with sturdy supports, uh, something that's equipped with holes, so those intake and outtake fans, um, as well as flood protection in case there's any spillage. Uh, the grow box is simple, uh, all-in-one, provides everything you need, basically, but it's a bit more pricey, and it's going to uh, be a certain size and setup, and it's it's difficult to expand or upgrade with those. And, you know, they, they show up on a pallet, typically, and, and you have to disassemble them and take them apart and put that uh, into your home. And, you know, not everybody living in an apartment wants to move some a big appliance into their home. Typically, the tent kits come in boxes uh, through UPS or FedEx or the mail, so it's a little more discreet. Uh, a room itself, if you just set up a room into a grow, uh, that's going to give you the most customization and spatial efficiency, uh, but it's also a lot more building. It's a, a bigger level of commitment and planning, which I don't really recommend for beginners, uh, just because uh, of the situation of converting a room into a light tight space, uh, setting up your ventilation and lighting, uh, air conditioning, heating if necessary, uh, and creating different spaces as well. Because if you really want to gr- be uh, self sufficient, you want to. Uh, you want to have a mother room, a place where your clones and vegging plants can grow, and a flowering space that's larger. So um, whichever space you settle on, the same issues are going to apply, basically, in varying degrees. But it's about lighting, environmental control, and odor control. Uh, your deciding factor is going to be the space you have available, uh, what your budget is, how much you want to grow, and uh, you know how secretive or stealthy you need to be. So uh, that's my recommendation, really. Typically, for beginners, I would say get a tent, get a kit. You don't need the expensive hydro system that comes in some of these kits. So I would say just get yourself some, some you know, five-gallon buckets uh, and do you know, make sure there's holes in the bottom and hand water those buckets. 
uh, filled with a soilless mix. And that's really the easiest way to get started. And you can ex always expand to a larger tent or to a bigger room or grow box later. Um, the tent really gets you started immediately. So that's, uh, that's my advice to you guys if you're trying to choose a place to start a grow. All right. Excellent advice. And now it is time to take some questions from our listeners. If you have a question that you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say we hop right in? Let's do it. All right. First up is Lil Puff with a pretty basic question, but an important one. Uh, Lil Puff writes, I just planted a bunch of seeds indoors and I need to know what the male ones look like. I was told I have to get rid of them soon. Yes, uh, this is an important one. And again, uh, you know, if your seedlings are indoors and they're getting, you know, 18 hours of light per day, you do have a little bit of time because they're not going to truly show uh, their male flowers until you switch the timer on the light so that they get 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness per day. Uh, that is when you begin the flowering process. Uh, so within, you know, two to three weeks, of switching that light cycle, you will be able to see clear signs of whether they're males or females. Now, females are gonna emerge as sort of a teardrop-shaped uh, calyx with a white hair sticking out of it. Uh, this first starts happening at the nodes. This is where the leaves meet your branches. Males are gonna look more like sharp spikes. Uh, they're noticeably less rounded than the females. And as they mature, those spikes are gonna form into what looks like a tiny uh, bunch of green bananas sort of hanging down, uh, get rid of them as soon as you definitely know they're males. Otherwise, those bananas are gonna open up uh, and they're gonna drop pollen all over your flowering females, which will leave you with a crop of seeds instead of uh, seedless female nuggets, which is what uh, we're all holding out for and trying to get ourselves. So uh, males, like I said, they're gonna look like spikes and then eventually start to form into a tiny little bunch of bananas uh that you know you got to get rid of them before any of those open up and kill them you know or compost them you know get them out of the room and, and make sure that that pollen can't reach your females all right thank you little puff hope that helps uh let's move on to d-man who writes uh hi fellas thanks for your years of info i especially enjoyed your interview with todd last week uh, I have a question regarding long-term storage. Over the years, I have dried and cured my product. I put it into glass jars, and I keep them in a cool, dark place. During the curing phase, I burped to eliminate the excess moisture and sealed in mason jars. Some years, I've opened the jars on occasion, and other years, I've left them alone without opening. The problem is that after about five months or so, either way, the material turns brown and develops that ammonia smell. It seems to degrade at a fast rate. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So yeah, what would you say is happening with D-Man? Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like you're putting the uh, the buds into those jars uh, just a little bit too early uh, if you're getting that ammonia smell and if they're turning brown. The curing is a delicate process. You're just trying to pull the last of the moisture uh, that, that, that's in there out slowly. So I would definitely burp, uh, the jars a, a more often, and I would possibly let them hang dry just a little bit longer, uh, because five months, I mean, cannabis does degrade over time, but five months shouldn't be, uh, that bad. So as long as it's in a cool, dark place and sealed in the jars after you've, uh, determined that, the drying, the hang drying process is over. So you really want to hang dry until it's, you know, it feels like it's really dry on the outside, popcorn, you know, bone dry, and so that the uh, the stem will snap instead of bending when you try to break the stem. Uh, there's still a lot of moisture in there, but that that dryness on the outside will help pull that moisture out. Uh, so I think you're jumping the gun on going from drying to curing, and I think if you give it a little more time in the air drying phase and then put them in the jars, uh, your, your buds will certainly cure uh, at a decent rate and will last longer than five months. But, you know, cannabis is meant to be consumed, you know, within a year or so of uh, when it's grown. It's tough to really uh, make it last years and years and still be 
uh, top-notch. Uh, although, you know, I have smoked some very old buds that, that did smoke properly, but I think they were just dried and cured in the prop, the best possible way and, and stored in a dark, cool place. No fridge or freezer or anything like that. Um, so I hope that helps you, D-Man. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, D-Man. We hope that helps you out. Um, let's move on to Axe. Axe writes, about six weeks into flowering, I noticed mold forming on the top of my soil and around the drainage holes of the pots. Visual inspection of the buds showed no signs of mold. There are also several plants only three weeks in with just nascent formation of hairs and buds. The six-week plants are in full flower and are showing prodigious resin production. I removed the top layer of soil from each pot, but I'm concerned. Is there a way to save my plants? Uh, what would you say to Professor Nerdington? Sorry, I mean axe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not mold. Prodigious. Sorry, he made me hey. feel dumb. Um, it's not molds necessarily forming on the top of your soil. I believe it's algae, uh, because when light meets water, algae tends to form there. It's a green kind of, uh, fuzzy green stuff. Uh, and, but it does divert some nutrients, uh, from the, their intended target, which is your plants. And it does also cause, uh, some ugly slime buildup and that green nastiness. Um, so my suggestion are to both cover the top layer of your soil with some type of opaque material. Uh, white plastic works really well. Um, people who use rock wool uh, have caps that they put on top of the rock wool uh, to keep that light uh, off the top of that rock wool and, and avoid that algae growth. Um, the other thing you can do is you can avoid getting the top inch or so of your soil wet uh, by watering your plant from below. Uh, basically, that involves letting the plants sit for a short time in nutrient solution underneath and let them take up what the roots need um, basically through kind of osmosis they they suck up what they need uh, and in that way the top few inches of soil uh, don't get as wet and uh, in that area there's there's really not a lot of roots in the top couple inches anyway and uh, when that when it's overly moist all the time uh, that'll encourage the growth of those type of molds like uh, algae and also pests like fungus gnats. Um, so it's an easy way to avoid those. But your plants should be fine. Uh, the algae's not gonna kill them. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't worry about the plants dying. I would just uh, you know, cover that top layer and water from below. And in that way, you can, uh, you can avoid that algae. But it's not the end of the world. Your plants are be, will be okay. All right, sounds good. Uh... Sorry for getting all crazy on you there, Axe, but uh, thank you for your question. We have time for one more, so let's go to Josh, who writes, uh, What's good, guys? I wanted to thank you for the wonderful content and reigniting my passion to learn to grow. I have a question. It's not cultivation-specific, but more of a fun one for you guys to answer on the show. What are some of the best nicknames you have heard? I picked up the nickname of Ganja Jesus within my circle. I was wondering what else y'all have heard. So that's interesting. <laughs> what would you say to Josh Ganja Jesus Hurst? <laughs> uh, well, uh, first I'd say that's a funny nickname for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard some good ones over the years. I mean, obviously Kyle Cushman, our friend and colleague, that's a great one that he came up with for himself. Um, you know, AJ from the Sour Diesel, that's another funny one. I mean, it actually stands for Asshole Joe. <laughs> but if you heard him on the show, you'd know that uh, he's not an asshole. He's a nice guy. I think uh, that's a funny one as well. I like, uh, you know, uh, Dimebag Daryl, you know, from uh, Pantera. He had a pretty cool nickname, RIP uh, to Dime. Uh, Audrey Hempburn, I thought that's a funny one, you know. And uh, Baked Lively. Those are two that I seen on like uh, Instagram that I, or Twitter or somewhere that I thought were uh, clever, funny ones. And um, yeah, the pharmacist, our friend, uh, our friend that puts on the old, old cultivators cup that I was just at up in Mass. Um, I think that's a good one because it's the pharmacist, but uh, it's like farm and assist. You know, like ah. F A F A R M and then assist. So I thought that was a good uh, good take on the whole pharmaceutical thing. So yeah, those are those are a few that uh, that I can th just think of off the top of my head. But there's a lot of cool ones out there. So uh, if you got a great nickname uh, out there as a listener, or if you've heard some good ones, uh, send them our way, and we'll uh, we'll report on them in future episodes. Yeah, I guess I misunderstood the uh, the question because I only I just came up with some nicknames that I thought were good, but not necessarily cannabis related. The one that pops into my head, I'm not a big MMA guy. 
but in the uh, the mixed martial arts, there was a fella named uh, Wanderlei Silva, and his nickname was the Axe Murderer. Like, it's not related to anything. It's just very much he's going to murder you with an axe if he has the opportunity. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of nickname that kind of tells you maybe you want to stay away from that person. Across the street. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you guys know some great nicknames, send them our way. Absolutely. All right, so... Um, that's going to have to do it for our cultivation segment. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. And uh, if you are listening and you have a question, please write us, uh, get in touch. You could email us again. It is info at growbudyourself.com. We also will check uh, the socials so you could uh, reach us on Patreon, uh, by YouTube, Facebook, all of that. Um, what do you say we take a little break, then come back and wrap this up? Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, what a great show today, uh, episode 70. I want to thank Jacques and Winstrong. I want to thank our guest, Jim Belushi. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, and of course, our sponsors, uh, Excelsior Extracts, THC Infused Pain Relief Rub. Uh, get with them on Instagram. Sweet Leaf Nutrients, uh, the code is Danko15 for 15% off. And if you sign up for our Patreon, you get. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff from them, including co- uh, codes for even more percentages off and uh, the new promo that we announced on today's show uh, as well. Thank you to Rocket Seeds, the code there, GBY10 for 10% off all the seeds uh, they have, which is hundreds and hundreds of different varieties. Uh, Vapor.com, an affiliate, Grow Bud Yourself 20 is the code there for 20% off everything site-wide. And of course, our newest advertiser, Organic Rev Growth Stimulant, uh, the code there is GBY10 for 10% off, and you can really rev up your grow room with Rev. So uh, give them a try for your plants, and that works great in conjunction with uh, the Sweet Leaf line of newts, so, uh, or any other line that you're using, but uh, people shouldn't be afraid. It's not You're not switching newts, you're just adding a growth stimulant that's going to boost everything up. So... Yeah, man. Thanks, you guys, for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed episode 70. Uh, We'll be back next week with 71, and uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys are doing good. Hope your plants are doing good, and grow bud yourself. I think uh, that's a wrap. Let's put it in the books.